Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Go get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, you're definitely going to enjoy the content in Flippin' Pharmacology flashcards, you, so you can find those on Amazon. Uh, great resource for any student taking board exams, or if you just want a little refresher out in clinical practice, um, good for nursing, ph- you know, pharmacy, obviously, uh, as well as med students. So again, uh, Flippin' Pharmacology flashcards, you can go find those on Amazon. All right, so the drug of the day today is bempidoic acid. Brand name of this medication is Nexlitol. And this medication is a newer class, relatively newer class of uh, anti-lipid agents, so lipid-lowering therapy. Mechanistically, how does this drug work? Well, it inhibits adenosine triphosphate citrate lyase. So that is a uh, big mouthful for sure. Uh, This enzyme is abbreviated ACL. Uh, So with that enzyme, uh, that enzyme plays an important role in the pathway of cholesterol biosynthesis. So naturally, if we inhibit the function of this enzyme, we're going to produce less cholesterol, Ultimately, lowering LDL levels is our primary goal there. And this drug certainly uh, does that. So where are we going to see this medication used? So uh, I got to be honest, I have not seen it more than once or twice in practice so far. It's been out a few years here, uh, a couple of years anyway, um, after it was approved by the FDA. So... Where you're likely to see this potentially is in ASCVD, so high-risk patients where we need to lower cholesterol, and patients may not tolerate higher-dose statins. Um, They may not want to do an injection like the PCSK9 inhibitors, uh, or they might not be at goal quite yet. So many of these patients, we're going to target probably an LDL goal of less than 70 for high-risk cardiovascular patients, so patients who've had, you know, a heart attack, stroke in the past. Uh, With that, if they don't meet that goal with statin therapy and other, you know, azetamibe usually, uh, bempidoic acid could potentially um, be an add-on therapy in that situation. So that's probably the most likely situation uh, that you're going to see this medication utilized. Now, it does not lower LDL near as much as the PCSK9 inhibitors, uh, but it is an oral agent, which is nice uh, for some patients that may uh, be a little squirmy about the injection, Uh, and it also um, is once daily, so pretty simple administration, oral administration, uh, definitely nice uh, advantages of bepidoic acid. Um, compared to maybe PCSK9 inhibitors. Uh, Administration of this medication with or without food, so that's not a big issue. Uh, Half-life is 21 hours, so we think of potentially some of the statins uh, generally recommended to be given at night, usually ones with a shorter half-life. 
with bampanoic acid, it's got a half-life of approximately 21 hours. So really time of day is not a, a big issue. So again, nice advantages there with administration. Uh, we're not too fussy about time of day or with or without food or anything like that. Uh, adverse drug reactions, overall I would say generally the studies reveal that it's pretty well tolerated with a pretty low incidence of adverse effects. Uh, the one that I would most likely, uh, that you'd most likely see probably in a board exam if you see this medication, uh, it can raise uric acid levels. So that's really, really important to pay attention to in our patients with gout. So if you see they're on allopurinol or colchicine or something like that, um, know that adding bempedoic acid to their regimen could increase the risk for gout flares and certainly could increase the risk for uh, elevating uric acid levels. Uh, other, you know, kind of less than 10% uh, adverse effects, GI upset, muscle pain, um, just kind of some smaller general things that have been reported in the literature. Uh, and then there is one other one that uh, probably should be of note because it's pretty unique. And uh, again, very, very rare, not common at all, uh, but tendon rupture has been associated with bempedoic acid. So if you remember uh, me talking about some of the quinolone antibiotics, that's certainly a risk factor for patients in this tendon rupture risk. If you've got a patient taking bempedoic acid chronically and we add on a quinolone antibiotic for infection, uh, that could increase that risk for tendon rupture. So again, pretty rare adverse effect, but something uh, to pay attention to. Uh, other risk factors, so corticosteroid use is a risk factor for that tendon rupture in patients taking uh, bampadoic acid. Uh, older age is a risk factor as well, and uh, renal impairment there too. Uh, pharmacokinetics, not too much to say there. I alluded to the half-life being approximately a day, uh, 21 hours I believe. Um, so not too much of note there. Uh, I mentioned a little bit as far as drug interactions go uh, coming up after the break. Uh, and then with any kind of brand name newer medication, uh, you're going to weigh the uh, clinical benefit to the cost. It's naturally uh, what we do in, in practicing medicine for sure. So thinking about that, the cost of bempedoic acid it's going to be in that $10 to $15 range per pill, so it is somewhat expensive. You're going to be probably looking at $300 to $400 per month, at least at this time. Uh, that is generally cheaper than PCSK9s, uh, but also important to note, it doesn't lower uh, LDL as much as PCSK9s either. So um, definitely some expense there, but definitely... Uh, cheaper potentially than PCSK9s too. So always got to weigh the clinical benefits compared to uh, the cost. That's something that's uh, important, obviously, as a uh, pharmacist. Sometimes it's dictated to us in insurance coverage and things of that nature, um, but I think it is good to know just for your reference. And again, this is at the time of me uh, creating this podcast in 2023. Obviously, things change, things go generic over time, uh, and that should be paid attention to as well. 
All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study materials like BCPS, ambulatory care, geriatrics, BCMTMS, or the NAPLEX exam, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. If you're a student in pharmacy school, nursing school, med school, flipping pharmacology flashcards, great resource. Uh, nearly 600 medications are listed in there, separated out by uh, category and class. And then obviously I've put in the most important clinical pearls that you're likely to see uh, on your board exams and in clinical practice. So um, getting lots of nice reviews on the Flippin Pharmacology flashcards. So uh, definitely go check them out and obviously help support this podcast as well. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So with bempedoic acid, we do not have any SIP enzyme issues. So that is a really, really nice thing when you compare it to statins, which tend to uh, have uh, lots of issues with SIP enzymes, or some of them definitely do. Uh, However, I will say there have been interactions reported with some statins. So if we're going to use bempedoic acid in combination with statins to lower LDL, uh, you definitely better pay attention to what the potential drug interactions there are. So the two that you should recognize are pravastatin and simvastatin. So there is a greater risk of uh, myopathy at least associated with those two. And we actually have maximum recommended dosages for pravastatin of 40 milligrams if you're using bempedoic acid and simvastatin that max is 20 milligrams. Uh, One unique interaction is uh, rebifenacin. So this is a uh, long-acting anti-muscarinic agent, llama therapy uh, for COPD. Uh, Bempedoic acid can potentially increase uh, the concentrations of this medication and its metabolites. So uh, again, can increase the action of rebifenacin. So uh, important one uh, to remember there. And then of course, I'm always thinking about those gout patients. So if you see a patient uh, taking allopurinol, for example, for uh, chronic reduction of uric acid, you better recognize that bempedoic acid could definitely counteract what we're trying to do with the allopurinol in uh, keeping those gout flares away and obviously keeping uric acid levels low. So uh, really, really important uh, clinical pearl with that increase in uric acid. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, found it helpful, please leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can financially support the podcast. Uh, go Get a great resource at the same time, Flippin' Pharmacology Flashcards. Those are brand new and available on Amazon. And then, of course, uh, if you have any questions, comments, Uh, Anything, you can shoot me an email at mededucation101 at gmail.com or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. Don't forget to go snag your free 31-page PDF. Simply an email will get you access to that at reallifepharmacology.com and I am going to sign off for today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.